Hey everybody, thanks for coming to another episode of Adventures in Angular. We have a cool guest today and as always an awesome panel. I'm Aaron Frost, the host. I work with Hero Devs and with NGConf. And on our panel we have Jay Wadella. Also known as Jennifer, not Jen or I break kneecaps Wadella. I'm uh, the lead Angular consultant at a company called Batopi. Yup. We have Eliza Nichol. What's up? I am the Angular developer advocate for Kendo UI at Progress and a general Angular lover. I met uh, I met your baby this last week. Oh my god! <gasps> His name is Mr. Milks. He's cute. Um, <laughs> I, I remember the later on Aaron was like he's still hungry and I'm like that's like literally been my last four months of yeah. life like <laughs> I'm a little on, salty you, you didn't bring him to NG Girls KC he's cute he's cute we also have Joe Joseins that's me yo 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 here I am and uh if you ask nicely I will explain stacks and cues using Alyssa's baby it was actually hilarious was we were on the hilarious. patio and Joe had this like look like he had just had an epiphany <laughs> with stacks and cues related to my baby. And I was like, you're losing it. It was an epiphany. <laughs> it was a total epiphany. You know what this baby reminds me of? A stack and a cue. <laughs> you're really not wrong at all. That's what you're not said, wrong though. That's how all. you said it. Well, I mean, I wasn't verbatim or anything, but that's really, literally, that's practically exactly what was going through my head. You know what this baby has in common with stacks and cues? Is that what you said? <laughs> was, you're, you're getting warmer. He was like, where was this baby yesterday when I was teaching stacks and cues? (laughs) That was was, was about it. All right. Our guest today, we have Sam Julien. Hey, hey. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open sourced Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Sam, can you introduce yourself? Just let everybody who doesn't know who you are, let them know. Yeah, and for those who can't see the video, Alyssa was doing a dance, and I I really (laughs) appreciated that. Uh, My name is Sam Julien. I work for Auth0. I was an R&D content engineer until Monday, and now I'm a technical community manager. So On Tuesday or Wednesday. Basically the most lateral move you can make, DevRel to DevRel, but it is what it is. Congrats, man. (laughs) You made a lot of a move. That's good. Yeah. Who cares about upwards mobility, bro? We care about <laughs> sideways. I'm all yeah. about moving horizontally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not enough people talk about it is all I'm saying. Also, as Alyssa was dancing, Jennifer was doing like duck lips and like nodding her head. Oh, can uh, I see? Let me see. Yeah, she was doing duck lips. <laughs> okay, that's better than dancing. <laughs> yeah. I suppose I forgot, given the topic of this episode, I didn't mention that I do a lot of things related to upgrading <laughs> in addition to the Auth0 stuff. I made 
upgradingangularjs.com and I've written a bunch about upgrading and I do consulting and that kind of thing. So hence this episode of Adventures in Angular. So it's fair to say you know how to upgrade an AngularJS app to an Angular app. Sadly, yes. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know that domain area very well. It's painful. It's not a, uh, it's not like you don't wake up on a Saturday and do it. No. <laughs> right? Well, uh, yeah, I do let's, not. Let's take a step back. The even more painful part is getting a business to approve an upgrade. And I hear Sam's a bit of an expert in that conversation too. <laughs> <laughs> really? That was the topic of my brief <laughs> EngieConf talk. But yeah, that is the hard, that is the really hard part is the just convincing the business that it's worth doing. Your talk was awesome, by the way, though. Oh, thanks. You, it was so funny. You made upgrading an upgrade talk that was funny. Um, I do what I can. (laughs) And I love that you talked about how you took your boss on a walk to go get uh, uh, a drink. And you were standing there with that drink in your hand during your talk, just trying to make everyone feel as chill as you (laughs) on your uh, walk with your boss. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I am so impressed with you, Sam. That's why I left my last job was because I had got hired on and a year into working the code base towards being ready to upgrade, they um, pulled the plug and said, we're going to react. And I cried as I left. <laughs> so I am yeah. so impressed that you what? have skills to convince because apparently I do not. <laughs> what year was that? What year was that? Uh, that was probably three years ago. Yeah, I think I think that happened quite a bit in that time frame because the ng upgrade story was extremely painful. <laughs> I I knew a lot of people who it's just better like now. dumped it. Yeah, it's way better now. But three years ago, I think a lot of companies just were like, "Nope." <laughs> so let's clarify. Let's clarify because I mean we need to make sure we're using the correct adjectives. Yeah, is it better or is it less worse? I think I would. <laughs> Venture to say better because I would venture to say better because the there are like four defined upgrade paths and they have varying degrees of complexity and there's better tooling, there's better content out there. It's still painful. There's no way around. I mean, any large scale refactor is going to be is painful and time consuming and expensive. But I would say that. If you had the same choice today as you did three years ago of, do I move my AngularJS app to Angular or React? I'm going to go ahead and put my money on moving to Angular is less painful than moving to React. Significantly less painful. Significantly less painful. Yeah, I agree with that. Is that why you were having a bad day, though? Or no? Irrelevant. Me? Yeah, because your upgrade wasn't going well. Uh, I'm having a bad day because of some real estate venture stuff. Nothing to do with upgrading. So the upgrade's done. Just the test, the protractors being protest. You can't say, you can't, I can't even say the words I'm thinking, yo. <laughs> I just want to know, Aaron, are you having as bad of a day as Pluralsight stock is having today? Oh, oh another oh, one of those. What happened and why? It's 16 today. It's a 16. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been falling straight. 
I don't know. Plural site's not doing great. Let's just say that. Their, um, their stock isn't doing great. The company's doing awesome. The company's doing great. Yeah. yeah but, it's amazing how much stock has no connection to the health of the company. Once the SEC finishes investigating, we'll see how healthy they're doing. But it was, it's, it's not the SEC, right? It's this. It's some lawyer group that they think about suing on behalf of investors. Yeah, but then they'll get investigated. It'll be brutal. It could be brutal. brutal. Anyway, um, no, it's just it's just the protractor tests won't run. The whole magical wait for Angular thing from protractor, it's not working. It's, it's too magical. Cypress. We have forty two of these tests, and I'm like, do we rewrite these in Cypress or do I keep staring? Do I keep keep squinting at protractor? Anyway, forty two is not a real crazy number. It's not yeah. right. It's, it's not right. Joe does not right. sleep. So, Sam, how many upgrades have you done? Personally, you have to round it down to the nearest hundred. No, no, no. Like, I only d- did the one like major upgrade at, at my company, and then beyond that, it's been like consulting and and. So content if we and if we round of- up to the nearest hundred, is it a hundred? You've done a hundred. Sure, 100. sure, yeah, yeah, hundred. Math dot ceiling times a hundred. But it's more that I just know the domain really thoroughly <laughs> through like. Talking with, you know, consulting with other people on the subject and making content and looking through the code base and working through it and that kind of thing. Let's just say this, Sam. I think we can agree on this. If you're on an AngularJS project and your team is like, hey, I want to do something new, that's good. But if they're like anything, like Angular is the cheapest way forward, true? Like, I think we can agree that. We can unequivocally say, if you're on AngularJS, you need to go to Angular today. If, if you're still doing new development, yeah. If, I yeah. mean, not if the app is just like sitting there and nobody's doing anything. Yeah, if the app's stagnant, leave it in AngularJS, true? Yeah, it's never going to go away. So yeah. it doesn't... If people are starting to write new features, then yeah. they should at least set up some sort of some sort of hybrid situation, whether it uses ng-upgrade or not. Yeah. Just write I thought, Angular. I thought the internet like breaks every year, right? It, it does. does. It does break every year. Yeah, it does. So I've done three of these things, and each one you learn new things. I gotta be honest. I'm gonna give you probably the thing I learned the most across these three upgrades. This is the thing that comes in the loudest, which is I didn't expect. The Angular CLI is amazing. Okay? Yes, that's like the number one thing. Is like why wouldn't you expect that? Not always. I love the Angular CLI. But when you're like, hey, come from this thing into an actual, like, the Angular CLI, you realize, wow, the Angular CLI is fantastic. Like, like you could do all that with your, by yourself with Webpack, but it would take, like, an artist, an actual craftsman to make the kind of build that the CLI just gives you. And so... And lots of tears. Yeah. And yes, you just get it for you. free. And then you don't have to maintain it anymore. And I've spent... I've worked with companies where we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on our build. And then AUCI is just like, ah, oi, here you go. Right? Because it's British. Oh my God, it has an accent. Yeah. <laughs> here you are. <laughs> Here's your build. Yeah. <laughs> just gives it to you and, and you, you serve it up. That's rough, Bob. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think that's the number one thing I learned is, man, the CLI is fantastic. I, I always knew it was fantastic, but it shines. It shines. When you're pulling someone off of Gulp or Grunt or Broccoli or like a custom webpack and you bring them into the Angular CLI, you're like, CLI is pretty awesome. Yep. Have either of you ever experienced going from, and Austin's going to make fun of me for saying this, but 
from CoffeeScript to TypeScript with the upgrade? I've never done it. Never? No, I've never seen it because I've never... I guess that would be really common in Rails plus AngularJS, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Why do you know that? Does CoffeeScript go really well with Rails or something? Only only Ruby people use CoffeeScript. (laughs) I've never seen CoffeeScript in anything but Ruby projects. What? No. No. (laughs) CoffeeScript got popular with a few other crowds. Did it? I don't know. I've only ever worked in Rails shops, so... Yeah, I saw a couple crowds, not not a ton, but I saw some people. Yeah, I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> I still feel like I still feel like I mostly see it in Ruby projects or Rubyists who write other projects, like in Ember and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I've never done it. I've never done it. I did also though take a project that was kind of in a it was kind of a Franken framework and bring <laughs> it into the Angular CLI. So that's another type of upgrade I'm going to call that I've done. And that was also a really good learning experience as well to teach. How do you teach Angular to play with something besides Angular, uh, besides AngularJS? Like, because I had to integrate it with in-house Franken framework stuff, which was also difficult. Like, a lot of roll your own. So. What is a Franken framework stuff? So, I mean, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that you're you're out in the world, and you're you know four years ago when React just came out. And there's no standard router and there's no standard HTTP stuff. And like everyone has to figure out how they're going to build their own framework using React, right? Um, okay, yes. That's a Franken framework. Or it was what people did with Backbone. Like there's no standardization around how you do it with Backbone. So everyone, whether they intentionally chose to build their own framework or accidentally build their own framework, you ended up with a Franken framework. And so that's what a Franken framework is. It's when you have something that just either it came out of a ton of different pieces that don't necessarily all fit and you can like see this the stitch marks and it's painful so so yeah that's kind of that's kind of what it is anymore like react like with create react app most react apps look very similar right like most most of them have the same stack and things are pretty conventional same with angular right and view and stuff so so yeah yeah but that's what a Franken framework is. So I'd like to hit on both, like I want to hit on the upgrade side itself, but I also want to talk a bit about, for lack of better putting it, convincing people to upgrade. So for convincing, you know, whether it's your boss or a friend (laughs) that upgrading is the way forward, do either of you have just like big tips that really helped get over that hump or something that was surprising during conversations like that? Well, you also have to like stratify a couple of things that are going on, right? Like a company can be in a place where they're just saying, we don't have the resources to do an upgrade. We're going to stay in AngularJS, right? Whether it's upgrade or to switch, we're just not devoting resources into this project. There's one scenario of which you can still leverage upgrade and benefit from it, right? Even if they said, we, we're just going to maintain this. So that's one scenario. Another scenario is, we are going to upgrade to Angular, but or we're, we want to upgrade and move off of this app, but we're trying to decide what to do. Do we upgrade to Angular or do we rewrite it in something? Rewrite it in Angular or another framework. Right? Yeah. because That's another scenario. When you're upgrading, that's the other option is besides these four upgrade paths Sam's talking about, there's another path, which is close shop, rewrite the app in another language. Like that's the other option. Or, or, in, yeah, too or expensive, in too expensive for, for most people. Mm, who was so, that? The, it was uh, Kiwi. Craig Spence. Yes. Craig Spence. Here's my biggest advice for upgrading. As developers, a lot of us, 
a lack of authorization we see as a as a we don't have permission to do something. And my management in the past told me, Frost, you see this ceiling that I'm putting above your head? It doesn't exist. Like, challenge it. Like, you're not doing the thing because I haven't told you you can. I want you to challenge the ceiling because I, I'm not limiting you on what you can do. So if you're sitting at a company and you're doing, you're doing AngularJS, just you need to find the time or the gumption or just whatever it is. Drop in it, like do the upgrade, get the Angular CLI in, and it might take you, you know, a week or two after hours figuring it out. But drop it in and get it going and then say, okay, this is what we do going forward. It's like challenge the ceiling of you can't do the upgrade yet and just go for it. That's that's my biggest advice. Can I uh, throw another twist on that same scenario, taking it even more extreme? Sometimes you got to do what people need and not what they want. Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to be the hero they need. <laughs> not the hero they want. Not the hero they need. Yeah, now, I'm not going to admit any culpability here in this story, but let me just say a person that I know whose name was Jose Reams. Jose Reams. Rhyme, rhymes with rhymes with Jose. Rhymes with that. Ro Reams? Ro Reams. Rhymes with Ro Reams. Yeah. We know Ro Reams. Worked at a company and uh, the CTO was dead set against adding, at the time, this is way back, right? This is Silverlight days. Ro, adding Silverlight to the app. And we needed it for some stuff, or non-Microsoft stuff, but we needed well, we, we needed Iron Python. And so we put in Silverlight. Comic, put in, is that a comic book? No. Iron Python? No. It was Silverlight allowed you. So Iron Blank, Iron fill in the blank was Microsoft. Oh. Was Microsoft. So if, if once Silverlight was in the browser, then I, Microsoft, it's, it was almost like a precursor to WebAssembly, basically. You'd write it in Python and it would compile down to something that would run on Silverlight. So we could actually write in Python. And uh, we did it. And uh, we asked for forgiveness. Well, I don't think we ever asked for forgiveness because he never knew. But that, that was a thing that happened once. No, I mean, I'm, not me. I, this is a story I heard. Ro. Ro Reams did it. Ro Reams did it. Yeah, yeah we, Ro Reams. it's often really useful to just sort of smuggle in the upgrade. And <laughs> I love it. I love basically, it. I mean, because uh, there's sort of two sides to it. On the one hand, one thing that developers often get wrong when trying to talk to their bosses about upgrading is they talk about it from the technical standpoint of like, well, we got the CLI and observables and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And like the boss doesn't really care about that. They really just care about money. Like, how is this thing going to save us money or make us more money or whatever? And when you can explain in concepts like, well, we're going to reduce our, you know, time to development by X percent because the CLI saves us so much time and Angular saves us so much time. Yep. RxJS saves us so much time. Like, I mean, and, when you start showing them that, like, you'll be developing faster with Angular, aka saving money, that starts to get the wheels turning. So that's like first half of it. And then the second part is then like, once you have those conversations, yeah, I think you just sort of smuggle it in. Like, you're not going to hurt anything, even if even if smuggling it in just means like you create a branch with a prototype yeah. and just show your boss like. I rewrote this feature of ours in Angular and it took me a day compared to a week last, you know. Yeah. And you like basically that. you basically become Han Solo at that point. 
You're yeah. essentially okay. Han Solo. Yep. Yeah. You hate your children. Wait, your children hate you. <laughs> Don't yeah. you. You got to pick. Are you Batman or are you Han Solo? Yeah, yeah, that's true. You gotta pick one. <laughs> or are you Wonder Woman? Who knows? Thank I don't want to be either of those guys. <laughs> I'm Chewy. I'm the guy who didn't get recognized at the end. Uh, so, <laughs> so I agree. I agree with what, what's being said here. There's other benefits, though. Like, if you're still on AngularJS, like today, you're listening to the podcast and you're on AngularJS, I guarantee you, you've lost employees. I guarantee you, totally. you've, you've got some headcount turned over as a result of that. And are maybe struggling to... Yeah. The cost that goes into that kind of turnover is stupid because it, it costs so much money to retrain people in the domain knowledge you just lost. And you talk about money like that to the boss, you're like, hey, we look dumb. Like, and you just say things like that. Like, To outside developers, our company looks dumb. We're never going to be able to hire anyone. And, and, and whether you do or don't look dumb, I, I know dumb is subjective and it's a bit of an emotionally loaded word, but you do. You look like you're stagnated and you're asking your developers to capitulate their skill set and their, their, their tech stack in order to keep working for you. Like You're asking a lot for them to capitulate what they know. And it's just too much to ask your employees. And so you start throwing all that kind of guilt up on the bosses too. That's other arguments. You talk about being able to hire you talk about, hey, we can't even, like, another sales pitch is you say, hey, AngularJS isn't even supported as of June 2000, next year. Next June, it's not even supported. So you're basically end of life in, like, less than two years. Any sort of security vulnerability, like, you guys saw, like, the prototype patching thing that happened with Lodash. If any of that comes out with AngularJS in less than, in, like, after a year, you're, like, have fun with that. Your app's totally vulnerable. You don't get any of that long-term support because long-term support is ended. I didn't know that. You, yeah, I didn't know and, that it was ending. When is it? June 2023. Okay. So you work for a company that has to be like compliant with anything, like Visa compliant. Like you want to, maybe you want to take money from someone. Have fun with that. Like you have to have your your you have to have support contracts and all the software you're using, even the open source uh, stuff. If you have what a deprecated library. What does that mean for like the Angular team itself? Because I know they have like dedicated people for Angular JS right now. Do they just kind of meld over to the Angular side and like yeah, so, nothing else happens to JS anymore? Yeah, so Angular JS right now is it's on that long-term support meeting. It only gets security fixes. And there's actually two versions of, of Angular JS that they that they support. And I'm only saying two because one of them is very, very loosely supported. There's I think a 1.2 was the last version that worked in IE9. I think everything post 1.2 does not work in IE9. So technically, they would still fix security vulnerabilities in 1.2 if it affected IE9 only. But then everything else, all their browsers, all their browsers support 1.7. So if you're on 1.6, you're already out of support. So if you work at a company that's on AngularJS still and you're not on the latest, you're technically already unsupported. You know what I'm saying? So you start throwing that at your boss that, hey, if, if we ever got hacked, like this would be a big black eye that we're running a piece of software that hasn't been in a, in, a con, in a current support contract for quite a while. So yeah, it'd be a bad thing. And you start throwing those kind of things at your bosses, it starts getting a little bit easier. There's actually, there's a lot of rules why you don't want to be on AngularJS anymore. There's a lot of reasons. That, and that doesn't push you to Angular, but there's a whole other set of arguments for why you want to go to Angular, right? 
So yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of all business right. non-technical reasons to get your boss to get out of AUHS is all I'm saying. Okay. So some of that I think we've covered, but there's still a pretty big scenario, which is talking to the boss about the difficulty of the upgrade. Right? Your boss says, we got to get off of AngularJS. We have to. You got to get off of it. It's going to be unsupported. The internet's about to break. They're going to break the internet again because they do it every year. Oi! We got to get off. Yeah. And we're going to go to Svelte, right? Well, Svelte's actually a decent choice. So we're going to go to Backbone. <laughs> we're going to go to Backbone.js. We're, we're going to Backbone. And I actually love Backbone, but... Don't talk shit on my homie. <laughs> knockout? Can, What's are, happening? Do we have nobody who, here who loves Knockout? Okay, what? yeah. Talk smack away. We're going to Knockout. Right, we got to go to not. We're, no, no, no. Here, I got a better example. This is literally was said to me once. We're gonna go to XSL. We're gonna we're gonna rewrite our app in XSL. And you told them I don't even know what that is. Oh well, I knew. No, no, no. That was a thing, right? It was a thing. It's kind of like I, I can't even come up with a, a, with an analogy ridiculous enough, right? Anyway, the, your boss is like we're gonna do this, and you say no, no, no. Let's do an upgrade. And your boss says, I hear those are really hard. Okay, let's t- discuss. Hey. Are you working on a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. They update the class regularly for the most current Angular, and a lot of the curriculum is also relevant to older versions. Or you can go beyond the three-day class with help from Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. They can assist your team or launch your project, including scalability, data flow, state management, service architecture, full-stack product design, and a ton more. Or you can contact them for a private class at your location or attend public classes in cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. Discuss how to explain to them how difficult upgrading... Yeah, like help them get over the fear of the difficulty. They're, They're convinced that an upgrade is going to cost millions of dollars, bog down, and ultimately get canceled after 18 months, cost them their job. Sam, you want to take a stab at this one? I'll I'll stop talking. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure there's room for both of us, Rusty. I guess I would I would approach it from a standpoint of wrapping it into work that already has to happen. Like you're already having to do some feature development or refactor something. And as you're going along and doing that, you redo it in Angular and just sort of emphasize how it's going to be an iterative process that's going to not break things in production you know, that you can you can fold it into all of the other sprint planning that's happening. I would also probably come up with a, I would try to come up with some sort of at least rough timeline on predicting yeah. what it's done. So bosses need like a lot of wordery, right? Because they're, they can't make, they can't wordery? like, well, <laughs> they don't, they can't objectively say, oh, I know how long this will take. Oi, oh, I get it. Like they don't know, right? I love every time I do my accent, Jennifer's just, Jennifer disapprovingly shakes her head. I love it. Somebody's um, going to think you have a weird alter ego. And this is like another version <laughs> of Split. <laughs> there's, there, there's the sixth panelist. Yeah. Is it, oi. Who's that? Who's that one that just keeps saying oi? Yeah. Can you actually have an argument with yourself, Aaron? With the, the accent without? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Scenario. One of you wants to upgrade to Angular. The other one doesn't. I like it. All right. That's a good one. So your boss, they need to hear words because they can't, they can't make up their own words. They don't, they don't understand the technology, right? So you gotta, you've got to provide them with what they got to say to their boss because a lot of this is CYA. Uh, it's so yeah. exhausting. I, I would prefer a bullet point list no. <laughs> that you slack so, me. 
<laughs> so a lot of it is like some of this code that we already have written today that we make money on, we're not going to ever upgrade. Like this upgrade scenario may last six years. Like if we don't need to rewrite this in Angular, we won't. I'm never going to force you to pay to rewrite this in Angular if we don't need to. And you start saying those kind of things to the boss and they're like, all right, all right, all right. So the old code will just work. Yep, the old code will just keep working. Because they, when they hear upgrade, they think rewrite. And all bosses are terrified of rewrite because some irresponsible developer in the past has said rewrite to them. And it's scary because that's, that's an expensive thing that they're never going to get approval for. But when you say, nope, just the new features will be written in the new thing and the old features will, will stay how they are, then they're like, oh, that's not what I thought you meant. And so yeah. you, you just really, like, even though you understand what upgrade means, that doesn't mean that they do. And it doesn't mean that you suffer from the same trauma and like red tape scenarios that they do. And so you just got to be really, really explicit with them and explain to them, we're probably going to have AngularJS code six years from now, unless someone says, no, finish upgrading all the AngularJS today, which if they don't ever see that happening, then get ready for the scenario that you're in upgrade mode for, for quite a long time. You know what I'm saying? And is that good or bad? It's not, it's neither. Like the purpose of a company is to make money. And if that's what helps you achieve that end, then it's good. So does it mean you have this ongoing upgrade scenario that's in that's considered technical debt? Yeah. But the purpose of a company isn't to have no technical debt. It's to make money. So it's however you can empower the company to make more money. And, that's, and to provide the best user experience, which transitively turns into more money. Right? So, yeah. The purpose of my company is to hang out with Frosty. Will upgrading help me get that? <laughs> yeah. You can if you have that. a company and you want upgrade or you want to hang out with me, do an upgrade and I will come out to you and we'll hang out for a few months. So a little bit of what you talked about is this idea of like sunk cost fallacy. Like we spent this much time working in it. Why would we rewrite it? Sam, do you have any good tips for countering that mentality? Well, I think that sunk cost is only going to continue to grow. That's sort of what we were saying about the LTS thing. So like, it's not really sunk cost. You, you wrote an application in a framework and you got use out of it for several years and now you have to do maintenance on it, you know? And so the, just like there's a tipping point with like a car where you have to, at some point you have to maintain it or you get another car, like the same thing's going to happen with AngularJS. So it's sort of like pay now or pay later, you know, one way or another, if you're doing active development, you're going to have to make some changes. I really like that analogy. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. It reminds me, I watch uh, Forged in Fire. Anybody? Anybody? No, it's a blacksmithing TV show. And they, last night on one of the episodes, they got, <laughs> hey, look, I have interests, okay? In blacksmithing. And let's be real, it's better than me watching Bachelor in Paradise. So. <laughs> well, so they're, they're making these knives, right? And the guy says, don't cling to a mistake just because you spend a lot of time making it. And it's kind of... It's kind of that idea without the knives. So, Yeah. Anyway, uh, I will say this. Your first upgrade is the hardest. So if you're at a company and you've never done an upgrade, that's the hardest one. It's worth it to get some training. Sam Juline has a course on it. Joe Eames has a course on Pluralsight on it. Narwhal has some books they've written on it. So those are some really good resources to go to 
you need to do your homework because it's it's not just like you wake up and and then like npm install upgrade like it's not that's not how it works and um you may even need to call someone and talk to someone and get some consulting going on sam it sounds like takes those kind of phone calls i know i certainly take those kind of phone calls but uh yeah jennifer takes those phone calls it's a difficult scenario to be in and you got to you got to be ready to have those conversations but I will also say, the more you sound like you know what you're talking about, the better your management's going to react to your suggestion to upgrading. So like, like when you walk in and you explain, hey, this is what the next three months looks like, your boss is like, oh, lols. Like this, they actually, they know what they're talking about. If you walk in and you're like, well, we don't know. It might go well, but we've never done it. So we don't know. Like that's not going to give you as well received as... All right, we're going to start here. Then we're going to do that. And then we're going to do this. So you're telling people to be confident even if they don't feel confident? <laughs> well, you need to do your homework or or bring someone in that can teach you how to do it is the other thing. Because once you bring in like an expert that can help you, it's a lot easier. Like, But yeah, so even if you're just like, let's have a phone call with Sam or with Aaron or whatever. Just know what you're about to do. And you go and you, you, you talk your way through that. Management responds a lot better to... Hey, I've done this. I know what I'm doing. We're just going to do this here and I'm going to show you how to do it versus uh, we're getting thrown into the deep end. Where's my floaties? Like that's that, that, <laughs> that, that kind of conversation is not going to go over very well. I just posted a link in the show notes. One of my talks was all about like figuring out which upgrade path to take. And that's a good place to start because if you can at least figure out whether you're going to rewrite or go ng upgrade or go angular elements things like that that'll give you like a good at least a good starting point to can you give us like a bird's eye view of like what those different what what those mean for instance like because whenever i'm thinking about it i'm like just upgrade what are you talking about so what are these different paths yeah so the four sort of canonical paths that we usually talk about the first one is the rewrite which was at one point called Big Bang on like documents. I like to call it burn everything to the ground and start over. <laughs> uh, and then the second one is ng upgrade. And there's actually different flavors of ng upgrade that you can work with. The third path would be called hybrid routing or parallel routing. This can use can actually use ng upgrade as well. But the idea is that you have one framework owning one route. So whether you do that with both like the Angular router and the Angular JS router on the front end, or you could do some server-side trickery where you only serve a route. You know, you serve a route that has it is in control by one framework. And then the last one is Angular Elements, where you can use web components inserted into your Angular JS. They're all valid for different use cases, but if you can kind of walk through, you know, look at look at things like the size of your application the size of your team, what your capacity looks like, like if you're able to devote a bunch of time at once or if it's going to be an ongoing thing. Also, how many tests you have, like unit tests and protractor tests, things like that. If you have 42? If you have 42, I'm going to say to Cyprus. That's what I'm going to say. But, you know, <laughs> I, 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 actually was on a, I was on a panel at Angular Connect last year for Upgrade, and somebody brought up the problems with protractor 
and ng upgrade and that was literally that was my answer i was like this is a terrible answer but just just switch to cypress like but i mean that's not that's not realistic if you have, if you have hundreds of end-to-end tests really suck to have to rewrite but it's also not realistic if you have internet explorer tests yeah yeah so yeah. Um, oh, i'm true. so sorry um, you do lose out on the native stuff when you go over although they're, they're getting better about adding more yeah, they're, more they're getting close yeah, they're getting really close. Sounds like if Edge is Chromium and they can get on the Edge, it sounds like they might get IE for free. So I don't know. So you're talking about these four different ways. What would you say you have either done or seen most often? Sorry, NG upgrade is always sort of the default for people, unless they've got really small applications that they just rewrite all at once. I think NG <laughs> upgrade is sort of the first route that people mm-hmm. start to take. And then they either figure out that it works well for them or they get really frustrated and have to figure out something else. So, mm. so when you go the NG upgrade route, you have two routers. You have the Angular JS router and you have the Angular router and they both have to coexist. And you have to say, hey. Like, and that's possible and they're happy. Yeah. And you have to say, oi. That's what you say to <laughs> Angular. That's what you say to Angular. And you're like, when you don't know the route, just don't do anything. And he's like, I, you know, and then you go, you say, oi, to the angular just router. And then your just router is like, uh, and you're like, when you don't know, you don't do anything. Okay. okay this sounds terrifying. First of all, because you have two things out there that could potentially both not know. Right. Or no, somebody's got to know. And then you have, and then like, I built this component. I'm going to open source. That when, when neither know, you can tell it what route to use for a 404. Because that's really the only, that's the only scenario that you're really scared about, right? Is your, if neither of them know, that's an unknown page and we need a 404 route anyway. Which, or just redirect back to home, right? Which is what a lot of us do. I'm like, super confused on how what you just talked about, Frosty, relates to what Sam said for his third one. Is this what you were talking about for your third yeah. one, Sam? Yeah, so yeah. I, I like to distinguish between... Okay, so technically they're both using ng upgrade, but I think that you can use ng upgrade in a couple different ways. The one way that Frosty is describing, I I sort of refer to that more as like hybrid routing because you're you're using both routers. You can also use ng upgrade and not mess with any of the routing until the end, where you basically co- convert all the components from the bottom up and do and basically just leave all the top level components like you're just using angular js for routing because you can use ng upgrade to make all those components available to angular js and then once everything is basically angular except for the routing then you can just swap out the two that but sounds so nice it is great but it's also also only you know like it doesn't work in every scenario like Rossi, don't shake your head at me that sounds really life. nice <laughs> but it's it depends a lot on the complexity of the app and your time frame and whether you're doing lazy loading and all kinds of other on. yeah Alyssa, it sounds nice to you to write new angular features and route to them 
without route guards and like you're doing all the same you're using the angular js router that sounds nice to you it sounds nice to have one place where all my routes are defined and they're all in one language that and you you do nice. you you have that you have your <laughs> angular ones and you have your angular js ones they're in one place each <laughs> We need to define like math with you. But but in Angular, (laughs) in Angular, your routes aren't all defined in one place either, though, because you have lazy loaded routes and you have so routes are really kind of they're everywhere, right? It just sounds nice to like, like what he was saying is like, you know, you, the underlying you're rewriting, but the overarching, right? AngularJS is still, it's still containing our routes until we're ready to pull that plug. And that sounds safer to me, but maybe, I don't know. I have not done a big app rewrite. I just like not affecting the current app at all and only writing new features in, in the new thing. That's what I like. Like the idea of going back one day and doing this massive overhaul of the router and hoping everything still works. I don't like that. Or writing new features without route guards and without like route based NGRX integration and stuff like that. Like that just, that just kind of seems. Sam, is it a big overhaul of the, of the router or is it just like, I mean, it just, it depends on how big the app is. Yeah. It's not a very scalable like that. That works well for like small to medium NG upgrades, but not for really big ones. Once you're over a couple dozen routes, then you're probably better off using the hybrid routing stuff. With yeah. Okay. Another scenario that comes into play is like if you're using UI router, which acts really differently and has like state transitions and things like that. That's another reason I've seen people not try to do both routers because they act differently. <laughs> they don't, they're, they're, parts of UI router that don't translate over to Angular. And so they have to write their own kind of transitions and things like that. But that's sort of a corner case. So, Okay. Yeah, great questions. All this stuff is really hard to do the first time, especially when you're like, you don't know Angular. All you know is AngularJS, right? Like typically this this is the scenario you're in. My team knows AngularJS. We don't know Angular. And I now have to make that new thing that I don't know play well with the thing I do know, which is AngularJS. And I have to use the build system from the new thing. I can't keep using my own build system. That's like one of the hard things is you have to get the Angular CLI day one. And so it's a lot of difficult questions to answer if you've never done Angular, especially. And so, so yeah, those are kind of... Um, why it's scary, but if you if you stare at it long enough, it starts to make sense, you know. So I've looked at it enough that now I look at it, and I'm like, this is just a bunch of fancy methods for concatenating strings together. Like that's all that's <laughs> all I'm really doing with the build is it's just a bunch of fancy string concatenation, and I just need to make sure it works right. And so it gets a lot more trivial once you get to that level where all the characters from the matrix, you can start to see the matrix. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think going back to what Frosty said earlier, like if you're struggling, there's a lot of people now who are going through this, whereas like two or three or four years ago, there weren't. So don't try to reinvent the wheel yourself. Like at mm. least, I mean, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to hire consultants. You can just, there's a lot of communities. There's a, um, it hasn't quite taken off as much as we had hoped, but Alana Olson had created the like NG upgrade wiki forum thing that we can link to. That was 
the idea was to kind of create a community around upgrading so that people can not solve problems in isolation. But things like that, there, there are a lot of people out there to get advice and help from in the community that you don't have to feel like you have to completely figure it all out by yourself. So I have to, uh, this is really weird. I actually have to take off. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn the podcast over to you fine people. Woohoo. Bye We've forever. Waiting. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh. <laughs> Sam, you're awesome. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'll thanks. catch you next time. See yeah. you guys. Cool. We're getting relatively close to a wrap up, but Sam, what other stuff should be discussed about upgrade before you finally decide, okay, time to go corner my boss, time to spend the weekend making it happen. Anything else we need to chat about? I don't know. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground about it. Okay. What's the biggest gotcha you've run into when, when mm, converting? That's a great one. Hmm. 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 There's got to be something you cried yourself to sleep at night over. Well, the production build stuff can get complicated because you, let's say, for example, with AngularJS, you're using, you're doing things like, what was that called? Like ng annotate, things like that. Those kinds of things, you got to really mess around a lot with, with getting your pure AngularJS build to function in the exact same way in ng upgrade whether you are doing the cli or custom webpack you still have to like figure that stuff out because the cli is opinionated right that's one of the reasons we like it so much but in angular js days if you were using gulp or crunt or webpack or whatever you you probably have had have this like gnarly evolved build with all kinds of little preferences that you've built up over the years. So production build stuff, especially trying to understand if you're coming from something like Gulp, trying to wrap your head around the world of modules and Webpack and stuff. We kind of take it, take it for granted now in 2019, but it's still a really big mental shift. Mm. That okay. totally makes sense. Anything else? Is that it? We got it all? Do we cover everything that we ever anybody ever needs to know? We've said everything that's ever happened about upgrading. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Okay, cool. So are we all good to wrap up then? Is, sure. is, Mil- is Milk's good with wrap up? Is Milk's... Milk's is is he? hungry. So. Is he hungry? Oh, he is good with wrap up. <laughs> that kid is the cutest kid. He oh, was so you, cute and so well behaved. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> like you. I know, right? <laughs> It's yeah, his dad. It's it gets all Zach. Yeah, it gets it from his dad. <laughs> he went on his first boat ride in Toronto and was extremely well behaved. So I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> I know it was super late too. It was like 10 p.m., 10:30, and he like usually goes to bed at like eight. And I was just like looking at him, and he was like looking at everybody, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> he was super chill. So I am very blessed. But I thank you so much, Sam, for coming on this show. I love talking with you on any subject matter. So, uh, well, yeah, likewise. <laughs> of course. Cool. Have you been thinking about building a mobile application, but you're a web developer and you're not really sure you want to learn Swift or Objective-C or Kotlin or Java or any of the languages that are used natively by those platforms? Well, you should check out React Native. 
React Native is a platform managed by Facebook. You can share a lot of your state management and other logic code between your applications. And we have a podcast that talks about all of the issues and all of the advantages of using React Native. And you can check that out at reactnativeradio.com. All right. Who wants to start picks? I can go. So last week I was at a company retreat. We're 100% remote. And so it's cool to get together and meet each other and hang out in person for my company, Batovi. And we were in Boston and I got into Neptune Oysters, which is like this teeny tiny little oyster bar, most amazing oysters of my life. And they have something called a Johnny Cake, which I guess is like a New England thing. Anybody heard of? Okay. So it's kind of like a pancake, but it's done with cornmeal. But what they had done with theirs is they had soaked it in honey butter and they had covered it with like a smoked trout and caviar. It was amazing. That's my pick. <laughs> the Johnny Cake from Neptune Oysters. Neptune Oysters. Okay, yep. in Boston. Cool. Who's I next? Like so I just wanted to give a shout out to my friend Bill Odom at Oasis because he totally, he's a great teacher. If you or your company, somebody you know, needs a, a boost up with Angular, they do an Angular boot camp that I did recently and I really loved it. Um, they go from beginner topics all the way to advanced, whatever the class needs. So I loved, loved that. And uh, yeah, that's my pick. I'm going to say mine's two part. First is the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really enjoyed it. Ooh, it was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. And if you know anything about like Charles Manson and stuff like that, you'll think it's even better. I also got to see that movie. So Mike Ryan from NGRX has been telling me how badly he wants me to go to an Alamo theater in Denver for a long time. And so finally for Angular Denver, he was like, dude, we're doing this. We're going to an Alamo. And I just have to say that I have finally seen the light. It's really cool. We have similar things in Portland, but something about Alamo was cool. Basically, it's like comfy chairs and full service, like you can drink beer and eat pizza or whatever. This uh, is like the the theaters that have like, it's like a little bar in front of you and the servers yes. like walk down in front of you. So they're not actually walking up on your yeah. level, blocking the screen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We have one here. I, yeah. I'm so glad you got to experience the magic. <laughs> yeah. We have these similar ones in Portland. Uh, there's this family called McMinimans that buys up like old theaters and converts them over. But I don't know. The vibe of Alamo was cool. So... I think it's in it's in Colorado and Austin is the original. Um, we've got one in Kansas oh, City. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the other great thing about those is if you get into the ones like that serve liquor, that means kids can't get in. And so, if you want to watch like a movie, you know, will be popular with the teeny bopper crowd. You can you can watch it with that, and it's amazing. Ah, oh, there you go, there you go. So you can watch your cartoons in peace. Watch your <laughs> yeah. One of these stinky kids. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I'm gonna. Throw out a pick there. Earlier this uh, morning, Frosty and I did a webinar. Frosty was laying down the RxJS knowledge. It was pretty freaking cool. So I'm going to pick RxJS and Frosty and the webinar that we did. Was so, it on uh, Pluralsight or where was it? Thinkster. Yep. Thinkster. Okay. Yeah. Who's Pluralsight? Never heard of them. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just recently <laughs> remember there was like a Pluralsight webinar email that I got, and I was like, "Was that what he's talking about?" No, no. Thinkster. Okay, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we did over on Thinkster. So uh, yeah, you can check it out. We're like, we're gonna post it for people to watch. It was really actually awesome, and we're gonna do some more cool webinars too. So that's it for picks. Thanks for everybody for coming, Sam especially. Thanks for bringing yourself and your beard. 
Hey, I'm always happy to. It's just too bad it's an audio only podcast. So hey, man. <laughs> you can't see my cool manicure that I got for keynoting at Midwest oh, JS. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hashtag coder clause. Sweet. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Well, thanks again, everybody. And uh, guess another time? Yeah. yeah. Another time, another week, another episode. <laughs> Same bat. Same bat time, same bat channel, since we're keeping the Batman analogies going. That's right. (laughs) Be the podcast people need, not necessarily the one they want. (laughs) That's brilliant. All right, see you. (laughs) Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.